Welcome to the Sober and Happy Podcast, where we talk about all things recovery-related, how to navigate the challenges that we'll face along the way on our journey towards our best lives, and how we could go from living a life of simply just being sober to a life where we're both sober and happy. If you've been in recovery for any amount of time, you likely have heard some version of the study to test a rat's reaction to drugs. The study was done in the 70s when they took a rat and placed him in a small enclosure where he had two bottles. One had water, the other was water laced with drugs such as morphine or cocaine. The rat would choose a laced water bottle and would repetitively drink from the drug-laced bottle until they all overdosed and died. The study has been cited for nearly 50 years to show the addictive powers of certain drugs and how people can become completely powerless against those addictive properties. However, simultaneously, the same scientists performed another experiment that had a shockingly different result, yet it is rarely talked about in the world of addiction and recovery. What did he find and why should we be focusing on this less talked about experiment? That is exactly what we're going to talk about today. So buckle up. This is going to be a great episode. Welcome back. Before jumping back in, I wanted to let everyone know that I'm now posting daily content on both Facebook and Instagram. If you want to follow me, just search for the handle, I am sober and happy. Now back to the story. The scientists doing this study wanted to know whether addiction was purely physical or whether the environment played a larger role. So he placed a second group of rats in a larger environment called Rat Park. He made Rat Park an absolute rat dream. They had lots of room to socialize and play. There were toys that would provide entertainment and stimulate their minds. And there were also lady rats too. Like the first group, they had access to the two water bottles with one containing the drug-laced water. Interestingly, the rats in Rat Park showed minimal interest in the drug-laced water. They would occasionally sample it, but they never became addicted. Not one time did they have an overdose in Rat Park. They could even take an addicted rat out of the smaller enclosure and put him in Rat Park, and he would soon choose the pure water over the drug-laced water. In a better environment, he chose to live instead of use drugs. Every single time. So based on this study, it appears that environment, socialization, access to stimulating activities, and living in a place that provides hope has a bigger hook than any addictive substance. But these are just rats, and we're talking about addiction in humans here. The scientists wondered if the same thing applied to humans. During the time of this study, the Vietnam War was going on. Heroin abuse was so rampant among soldiers fighting there that Time Magazine, after doing an investigative journal piece on it, said using heroin was as common as chewing gum among U.S. soldiers. After reading this, the country was scared that we would have an uncontrollable wave of heroin addiction in our country once the war was over. Surprisingly, though, when these soldiers returned home after the war, the majority of them did not continue their heroin use or develop long-term addiction. The soldiers' brains were not being hijacked by an addictive substance. They were placed in that first cage like those rats in the study, a place where they were removed from everything that gave their lives purpose and meaning. Somewhere that all hope was lost and it was just absolutely unbearable to exist in. And since they were trapped, just like the rats isolated in the cage, since they couldn't leave physically, they decided to check out mentally. 
So when they were presented with a bottle laced with drugs, they returned to it obsessively just like the rats. But once the soldiers came home, the ones that returned to a meaningful life that provided them with fulfillment had little trouble quitting the drugs they used so much when they were at war. So it seems like they had a great idea of causes of addiction back in the 70s. So why have most people heard of only the first study of rats getting addicted and dying and not the second one? The first one is even used in anti-drug campaign commercials broadcast on TV in the 80s that told us once someone uses a highly addictive substance like cocaine, they were hooked forever. Yet there was no mention of the second study ever. I think this is because we decided to launch a war on drugs instead of a war on addiction. It is easier to blame the substance and call it a disease than to collectively look at ourselves and see that we have created environments, both in society and in the home, that breed and feed addiction. So how can we use this knowledge to treat our own addiction? The scientists concluded that if you exist in an environment like a rat cage where you feel alone, powerless, and purposeless, that you're going to be more prone to addiction. However, if you're in an environment like Rat Park where it is safe and happy and you have lots of healthy bonds and pleasurable things to do, you will not be as vulnerable to addiction. I first learned about this study while reading a book by Johan Hari called Chasing the Scream. I read it at a point where although I was sober, I was not happy with my life. I had been going to AA for over five years and felt that I simply stepped out of a cage where my life was controlled by drinking into another cage where my life was controlled by not drinking. The one day at a time thinking felt like Groundhog Day to me and waking up every day with the goal of simply not drinking felt a lot like the first cage minus the bottle filled with morphine. I wondered, what would my rat park look like? Could I build a life so amazing that even if I had a constant exposure to a substance I was once addicted to, I would have no desire to even touch it? The thought intrigued me so much that I decided to do an experiment on myself. I wasn't trapped in a small cage isolated away from the rest of the world, but I felt that way. So the first step was to identify all the things that made me feel trapped. I was living in a city I hated living in. It happened to be the city where I got sober in. I'd bought a house in this city, and my mom and several friends I have made in this city would be sad if I left. I loved the idea of moving back to Arizona. I loved Arizona and only left there because I burned my life down multiple times there and did what any grown man with addiction problems would do. I ran back home to mom. As much as I loved the idea of doing this, every time I would think about moving, I would be overcome by all kinds of negative emotions fear and guilt being the biggest ones. As I continued to think through everything I'd want in my own rat park, thoughts and emotions would always pull me back. You aren't smart enough to do that. You aren't brave enough to do that. Everybody will think you're an idiot. They will laugh at you. Who do you think you are to think you could do something like that? As each dream got shot down one by one by my own thoughts, I realized that the cage I was stuck in was my own mind. A lifetime full of doubts, resentments, trauma, judgment, Failures and fears is what held me back. That is what drove me to addiction, and that is what was holding me back in my recovery. I needed a break free, but how? I gave myself permission to fantasize. Anytime the lottery would hit historical amounts, I would buy a ticket and imagine everything I would do with the money. I realized that my mind never jumped in and reminded me of the astronomical odds against winning the lottery like it did when I would think of dreams that were actually more realistic. So I tricked my brain and I said I'm imagining a fantasy land called Rat Park. 
I actually went to the store and got a big piece of poster board and colored markers. I drew the things that I dreamed of. Things like living back in Arizona, traveling the country in a motorhome every summer, writing my own book, having a healthy and happy romantic relationship, and living a life for me. I didn't stop with just the outside things that I wanted to accomplish. Earlier when I started this exercise, I realized my cage that was keeping me from happiness actually had nothing to do with the lack of material items or accomplishments. It was my mind holding me back. I listed the qualities and characteristics I desired to have. Not only ones that I knew I needed to accomplish my dreams, but also ones that I knew would make daily life more enjoyable and would create the man I would want to be. Someone I could be proud of becoming. So I grabbed the pen to start to write these characteristics out, and after a few, I got writer's block. The thing is, when you spend a lifetime pointing out all the negative characteristics within yourself, it is hard imagining becoming anything else. I could write words like courageous or ambitious on a piece of paper, but when I tried to imagine myself having that characteristic, my mind went completely blank. So much so that even after coming up with new words after writing a few became a challenge. Then I realized that I have no problem coming up with everything I didn't like about myself. So I began writing them out. Things like insecure, unconfident, undisciplined, lazy, depressed, anxious, full of fear, resentful, hurt, angry, doubtful, and negative. The list was long and surprisingly easy to write. So why did I decide to write out all the negative things I thought about myself? We hate the things about ourselves we wish we could change. I couldn't come up with positive traits I wanted to have off the top of my head. So instead, I used what was easy to do at the time to kickstart the process. As I went down the list, I wrote the opposite quality of each thing I didn't like about myself next to the negative trait. Secure, confident, disciplined, ambitious, happy, relaxed, brave, forgiving, healed, stoic, certain, and positive. As I write those opposites, I realize that we often hate the qualities that we think are holding us back from being who we want to be. By writing the opposite of everything I hated about myself, I wrote the things that could make it possible to actually love myself. I also realized that those characteristics were exactly who I needed to be to not only create the concept of my own rat park, but to also start building it. So looking at that list of characteristics, I asked myself, what kind of place would someone who possessed all those characteristics design? I picked up my markers and I started drawing again. And as amazing as the original design was, I realized that I was selling myself short because the negative thinking was blocking me from my biggest dreams. Something changed inside me that day by just allowing myself to dream and imagining a life beyond addiction, both active addiction and thinking I needed to battle daily to stay sober. The real magic comes once you start building and living in that park, though. And that is what I'm going to dive into next week. Thank you so much for listening, and I'm hoping you are enjoying my podcast. If you are finding it impactful, all I ask is that you please share it so it can impact others. New episodes come out each Friday, so I look forward to connecting with you next week. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Keep living sober and happy.